What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of our Amateur Spotlight series here on Whiskey Throttle Media. I'm your host, Brent Bowser. Today, we're here with Aiden Kiefer. What's going on, Aiden? How are you, man? What's up, Brent? How are you? Oh, you know, just another day, man. Hey, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to hop on here with us. It's been a while since we've done one of these Amateur Spotlight podcasts, but it's cool to get you on here. I know you've you've had some really good results over you know this past year, and we kind of want to dive into that and then also your background. But before we get there, for those out there who aren't familiar with who you are, just go ahead and give us a little background about yourself, you know, how old you are, where you're from, when you started writing, just things that people wouldn't know about you. So my name is Aiden Kiefer. As, uh, many people know me because of my dad, Chris Kiefer, used to work for Dirt Rider, but now owns Kiefer and Testing and then uh, works for Racer X and Pulp MX and does the Pulp Show. So that's basically how most people know me, but I'm a... Uh, 17-year-old kid out of Spirit, California. Uh, just graduated high school a year early, actually, last week. So that's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, just a kid trying to chase the dream and ride my dirt bike. So you graduated a year early. Were you going to, were you actually going to school or were you kind of more on independent studies or homeschool? Uh, so it all started out with, uh, I went to school all the way until COVID hit. And then once COVID hit, I went full uh, homeschool. Right on. And you, you, did you enjoy that a lot more than actually going in? Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it <laughs> way more just because I got to spend more time with my family and my dad. But I did, I did on like a couple, like, I do miss a little bit going back to school and like having more friends than I do now. But I mean, I enjoyed it way more than going to school and sitting in a classroom for six hours. Yeah, definitely. And were you ever into any other sports or were you just strictly into riding dirt bikes? Because I know you, you really didn't start racing. Until re really a couple of years ago, obviously you rode, you know, your dad's been around a long time and, and you rode, but I know you didn't really start taking it serious until, you know, a few years ago. Were you into anything else before riding? Yeah, man. So it all, uh, it all started out with, I got, uh, I got a BMX bike for Christmas one year and uh, I went race some BMX races and then that kind of got me the, uh, kind of, I would say the bug kind of for dirt bikes. And then my dad got me a 110 when I was probably like, I don't know, I would say six or seven. And I rode that around. And I, I think the first day I rode it, I uh, I ended up crashing into the wall. Actually, I got whiskey throttle, did a sick wall ride in my backyard. <laughs> and then like after that, I like I didn't really care too much for um, for dirt bikes. And then I raced BMX more. And then I got I got into football. So I did football, I would say for like three, so like three to four years. And then I got a trials bike. And uh, actually, I'll take it back a little bit more. So when I got my BMX bike, I did BMX. But when my dad would go to the track, I would take my BMX bike and I'd go ride the like the little kids track over at uh, Sunrise MX in Atlanta, which is uh, was was our closest track to us besides Comp Edge before they both closed down, sadly. But uh, so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then the whole pit bike thing that my dad got me. And then I played football for three to four years. And then I kind of like, I, I cared about dirt bikes, but I didn't really care for racing or anything like that until once COVID hit and I went into full homeschool. We, uh, we made the decision to uh, race Loretta's that year because they canceled all the area qualifiers. And uh, I started to, I would say, make like bigger strides when I rode with my dad on weekdays. So we're like, you know, let's go, let's go to Loretta's and C class and just have some fun. So I ended up going to my regional. I 
I want to say I won my regional and then we went to Loretta's and that was, I got a podium there in one moto and then the rest of the week was kind of iffy, but, um, off that one moto, I really like, I would say that is what made me get the bug was that one moto and, uh, um, me and my dad are the same, uh, father and son, the podium the same day. Oh, uh, I yeah. So that also was a really cool thing for us. And then since then, I just kind of raced. And then in 21, I kind of, I was still learning like a, a whole bunch. I went to B class the next year and, uh, that kind of, it was, it was a struggle year just because I was way behind the eight ball because I was racing Romano and Towers and all those factory kids where I, I'm just a kid that just came out of C class. I don't have really much support from anyone. And, uh, yeah, so that is what how it all started. And then this past two years, I've really, it's been fun, man. Me and my dad have been riding a lot. So it's been a fun journey so far. I was going to ask, was it, was it frustrating for your dad for a while when you were really into racing? And he obviously, you know, he's, you know, he raced professional for a long, for a long time. And he still obviously goes really fast and still does all, you know, keeper testing and racing all the time and things like that. Was it frustrating for him that you weren't like super into it as him uh, in the beginning? No, my dad, actually, this, he says the same thing nowadays too. He says, you know, like if you don't want to ride dirt bikes or anything, that's honestly, that's totally fine with me. So he wasn't really like pushing me. I mean, he wanted me to ride obviously, but like, wasn't really forcing me to ride or anything. He was really actually for the past couple of years when I played football, and then towards the end, I kind of got burnt down on football. I just, I wasn't really having that much fun. And when I started riding again, he tried to push me back into going to football. But uh, other than that, like, he really, really didn't try to force me to ride or anything. He, especially nowadays, too. He's like, hey, like, if you, if you are over it and you don't want to do it anymore, just tell me and we can pack it up and do something else. So I think, honestly, that's really cool mm -hmm. for, uh, for my uh, perspective, just because you don't have a dad that's up your butt every day <laughs> forcing you to do something. But, uh, I mean, we've had talks before where, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't like a really big trainer mm -hmm. the past couple of years before I got on troll training when with Alex Martin and John Wesling. I didn't really train much. I mean, I'd go on mountain bike rides and everything here and there, but I wasn't as dedicated as I should have been. And it's, we'd have talks. Sometimes uh, the past year we'd have talks where like, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a, want to be professional motocross racer? or you want to be a rider? And I'd always say professional motocross racer. And then we would butt heads sometimes just because I was telling him I wanted to do this, but I was doing the complete opposite. I just wanted to ride my dirt bike. But other than that, he's been, he's been super supportive of whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. And when was the first time that, you know, obviously you guys ride together a lot and what was that first time you went out to the track and, and laid it down and you were actually quicker than him? Cause obviously you progressed quickly. Like you said, you went from the C class and then we'll get into your Loretta's results this year, but when did you actually get to the point where you're like, you can, you know, give it to the old man now. Dude, to be honest, there's <laughs> some days where he still has me, but, um, <laughs> no, I think the very first time was at State Fair. I think State Fair was like my track. I would, every time we'd go there, I, I think I'd be like two seconds faster. So that was really, I forget what day it was, but we just went to State Fair one day and we did a moto. 
and I started in front of him. And I, I pretty sure I half tracked him one time and he came back to the truck. It was like, he was pissed, but at the same time, like he wasn't, I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird deal, but no, he's, uh, he, he was stoked, but nowadays we'll go to a practice track and I'm, I'm mad if I'm just only a second faster than him. So it's pretty fun. We push each other mostly every day we ride. Yeah. It's gotta be pretty cool to be able to ride with someone. Um, specifically your dad that also goes, you know, really fast on a dirt bike. So it's, it's gotta be a kind of a weird thing, but knowing that he's not slow either that, you know, when you got to that level and, you know, now you're progressing that it, that's cool. That's it's in that within the household. Yeah. It's super cool. I mean, there are days where I'll be just only like just actually a great example this past day, um, it rained up in the desert last week. So when he got home from the UK, from vet, uh, nationals back there. We uh, we went and rode, and I I think I was only like five tenths faster than him, and I like I was honestly so pissed because I mean he's a forty seven year old man, and then that just makes it worse because he comes back to the truck and he's like, yeah, forty seven year old man can still keep up with you. So no, but it's it's fun though. I mean, not a lot of kids get to say they ride with their dad nowadays at a uh, a competitive level. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And you, so you mentioned you're, you know, you're up there in the high des, and I always hear the stories on all the different podcasts that your dad's on about your guys' you know, riding up there and all the hidden spots you guys have. So is that, is that pretty much what you guys do up there? What else is there to do up there? Or you guys just kind of find these hidden gyms out there and you guys, when the weather's good and you get some moisture, you guys kind of just pound out motos out there. Um, so yeah, basically the time to be up here in the des is like winter time when it rains, when it rains, it's like heaven up here. It's so good. We, uh, one of our buddies actually made us a ripper and we put it in the back of our Jeep. We tie it with chains and everything. So when it rains, we'll go out to the desert, drop the ripper and we'll rip a track, which is super sick. And then, uh, one of our buddies actually is making us a tiller right now. So this winter is going to be insane, but no, um, I mean, we usually ride up here only when it's wet before Loretta's we came up, we stayed here and road when it's dry and everything because i feel like that makes you tougher than going and riding gh on the freaking thursday afternoon when it's dry up here and you can ride our literally the tracks from our house are probably like five minutes tops so it's pretty cool that's cool you guys just roll out of the garage and just ride out there yeah we have we have some secret spots everywhere <laughs> but cool. uh but yeah no so we just ride out from the uh the house out to the desert that's cool well hey before we get more into your you know your progression and then start talking about this year i wanted to ask you some of these this or that questions that i've asked on most of these podcasts and they're really just fun and to get to know you more on a personal level so i'll start with the first one are you more of a saver or a spender of money uh to be honest i suck with money so <laughs> i'm gonna say spender at least you're honest. Um, would you rather go back in time or travel to the future? Um, I'd want to say travel to the future. I think, I think that'd be sick. Especially, uh, I like the movie Back to the Future. So, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll say go to the future. Instagram or TikTok? TikTok. Yeah, I feel like that's just the way it's going, huh? Instagram, you guys throw on those Instagram banger videos, but TikTok's just more addicting, it seems like. I, I guess. I mean, TikTok is like the app nowadays, so mm -hmm. I guess. Are you a music or a podcast person? I like, I mean, 
it depends. I really like uh, Adam Cintarello's podcast. That really, I listen to that a lot. But uh, I would have to say more of a uh, music guy myself. Chick-fil-A or Chipotle? Uh, Chick-fil-A all the way. Spicy Deluxe? Come on now. <laughs> I don't know if that's approved on the troll training day, though. Uh, he, don't, he, he doesn't have to know. It's okay. John <laughs> and Alex don't have to know. <laughs> uh, my last one. You're probably not drinking a lot of soda, but if you had to choose Coke or Pepsi. Uh, I'm a Coke guy all the way. A Coke, a Coke after a, uh, mm-hmm. a long day at the track is one of the most refreshing things ever. Yeah, it's, it's hard to beat. It's uh, hard to beat a Coke. If you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, probably steak, cream corn, uh, biscuit, and mashed potatoes. I mean, I like that. And usually people say like pizza or tacos, but that's that's really like a, an original meal. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Actually, I would say, honestly, I would say sweet potato okay. on that too. Instead of mashed potatoes, I say sweet potato. And what which writer do you look up to most? You know, it could be current past writers or someone out there um, that, you know, you see like either work ethic or style or just, just how they carry themselves that you look up to and you're like, man, I kind of want to be like that guy. Um, I have a couple actually. I'm really, I'm a really big fan of Chase Sexton. I really like his style, and I've I've met him a couple times. He's a super cool dude. Uh, Christian Craig is one of them. Uh, my dad knows Christian really well. Mm-hmm. I look up to him a lot. Uh, Carson Mumford. I went and rode with Carson last year. This when I was trying to learn Supercross. So, those are probably like the three guys that I look up to. Yeah, that's cool and. That's a pretty good list of guys, right? From Chase style, Christian style, and speed. I mean, those, those even Carson too, right? He was a yeah, up and coming amateur. He's had some rough goes, but he's getting a lot better. So those are it's a pretty good group of guys to uh, to want to look up to. Yeah, and and they're super good people too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is something that most people wouldn't know about you? Do you have any like special talents or tricks or anything that you know people wouldn't know? I mean. Probably one thing that would have known is I I used to ride BMX. That's probably one thing. I rode BMX for a couple of years. Yeah, it's it's funny to think a lot. You know, you talked to a lot of moto guys, and when they're younger, they rode BMX. And I know you know you just started probably riding some Supercross, and we'll get into it. You know what you're going to do as far as Supercross futures goes. But do you think riding BMX is, at a younger age has helped you on a dirt bike? Um. I would say yes in like standing like uh standing up ways and teaching uh you how to push through jumps and everything. Mm-hmm. Also too, riding I feel I got a when I got a trials bike, I feel like that really where I got my style from was riding a trials bike because of uh the no seat on it. Mm-hmm. So just standing up the whole time I feel like is what really helped me. Yeah, you probably learned to have a lot of balance on that as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What is what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, it depends on what it is. I got a couple. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a hard question. I would have to say biggest, honestly, biggest pet peeve. I'm a really picky eater. So when like my mom makes dinner or something, mm-hmm. for example, I, uh, my mom makes breakfast and everything and I have, uh, like hash browns or something. I have to have my hash browns on a certain plate. Because I don't like when I pour the ketchup on the hash browns to touch my other food. So then if, let's say, the ketchup touches one uh, portion of the food, I will not eat that. I will not eat it. So that's probably, I would say, my biggest pet peeve is having uh, my food on a different plate. 
So you're not, yeah, you're not one of those people that just likes to mix it all together. It's got to be not no, <laughs> no. Like a great example. Like I'm gonna be straight up honest. I'm, I feel so bad for my mom because she'll come home at night and she'll be making totally like two different dinners. One for my dad, one for me, one for, actually, yeah, three dinners. One for her, one for my dad, one for me. And uh, I don't like burritos. Hmm. To be honest, really? I don't like burritos. So that kind of like ties into the, I don't like to mix my food together. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, if you weren't, you know, if you weren't trying to pursue a career in, you know, racing a dirt bike for a living, what would you want to be? Um, to be honest, I would still want to work in the industry. For example, we're really good friends with Kenny Day and I, uh, I really like what Kenny Day does. He goes uh, to the race every weekend. He's the, I think he's the Fox athlete manager, I want to say. Hmm. So I feel like that would really suit me. I like meeting new people. I like talking to people. And uh, I just feel like that is what I would want to be. Yeah, definitely. That I think that'd be a pretty cool job. Obviously, our our, industry, our sport is small, but it, you know, it's just something that I don't think any of us can or want to get away with as long as you know, you're enjoying it. Yeah, and it, and it may not pay much and you have to bust your butt a lot, especially in the industry because there's not a whole lot of money in the industry. So, but I still, I feel like that is something that would suit me and I would enjoy. Right on. So you mentioned, so now, you know, I've, I've heard that, you know, over the past, maybe, I don't know, six months or so, or maybe even longer that you started doing the whole troll training thing with Alex and John over there. And, you know, they have a pretty good program. I think Alex, I had an interview with Alex about a month ago and we kind of talked about that too. Has that helped you um, progress and has it been is it just something that you you didn't know about or you weren't doing before? Is it just or is it more because it's a structured program and you have the all the things to follow that it's easier to follow and helps you with you know progress on the bike on and off the bike? Honestly, it's a mix of all of that. It's it's the ways that's helped me. I've just I've filled out a little bit more. I used to I think honestly, beginning of the year I I weighed like 125 pounds to be honest, <laughs> and then now I I weigh 145 pounds. So I've really filled out a lot, especially before Loretta's too. I, uh, coming into Loretta's, I felt super strong on the bike, which I wasn't really, I was dealing with a bunch of arm pump issues as well. And, uh, only last, only being able to last like three laps, mm -hmm. to be honest. So my, my fitness wasn't the best. Um, so they've helped me a lot with like strength wise and everything. But in, uh, the ways I've noticed it as well is like my sprint speed. I feel like my sprint speed has gotten really well, really, uh, sorry. A lot better. And um, what was, what, sorry, what was the other questions? Yeah, just, you know, what were you struggling with before and what do you think has kind of helped you get to that next level with the program that they're, they have you on? Um, also, what, what uh, they've actually really helped me with is structure. Their, their whole plan is laid out really well. So um, I'll talk to, like, they call me on Sundays or Mondays and, like, ask how my previous week was and then, they have the app called Training Peaks, which is like you can see your whole entire week of what's to come, and then you tell them what days you ride and everything, and then they set that all out. So I think what also has helped me, um, I used to like not be a very self motivated person, mm -hmm. and but being able to see like what I have this week has uh has been a very motivated thing like oh i gotta do this today i gotta do this today and it gives me a schedule mm -hmm. where i'm not just waking up in the morning and figuring it out yeah and figuring it out on my own like i was before that's why i also think i wasn't really a big person on training just because like i didn't really know what to do 
besides like mountain biking and cycling and everything. Mm-hmm. But strength wise, I didn't, I was kind of lost in the dark right there. So they've really helped me with that. And they're super cool dudes. I can talk to them about anything. Like if I'm having, um, like if I wake up one morning and I, I feel sick or something, I tell them and they tell me to take it easy today or what, what's so not. Yeah. And I think it's cool because, you know, obviously Alex was a, uh, around for a long time and, you know, started as a privateer and had a successful career. So he's been through it all and seen a lot of different training programs and figures out, you know, all training programs are one size fits all. And I think what makes it easier, I guess you should say, is having it laid out for you. Like you said, on, you could see your week to where you're not, you're not having to plan it yourself. You know what you need to do on certain days to and know that's enough because I'm sure there's times where people are overtraining or undertraining. And so you're just, at least, you know, like, Hey, if I do this, it, it's probably going to work. And, um, and then you also have people holding you accountable, which is probably the best thing because, you know, everybody wants to go ride dirt bikes and, you know, be really fast and fit, but it takes a lot of work on and off the bike to actually get to that level, especially where you're at now and where you're going. So it's a lot harder than it seems from the outside in, because there's a lot of work you got to put into it. Yeah. And then back to the whole asking if my dad is really pushing me, the pa- I would say I'm probably 21 and in 22, I, uh, again, wasn't a big fan of training. And when my <laughs> dad asked me like, Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a professional racer or do you want to be a rider? And I'd always say professional racer and I would never do the work that a, uh, a professional racer would do. So being, having them helping me in the right direction and leading me is uh has been such good help and alex even stayed with us at loretta's we got an airbnb and he stayed with us for the week and i think that also helped me a lot with like him telling me like when to eat uh when to do like a warm-up and then also too from a rider's perspective as well that he has he can like show you some lines on the track and uh that is it was, i think that was also a really big help Yeah. And I mean, you're young too, but I also think a lot of it, and he probably learned as he got older in racing, a lot of it is recovery, right? You, I think he was saying when he first started, he was training six days a week and just killing himself where, you know, a lot of it, especially like leading up to race or after race, you, you obviously have to recover too. So there's just a lot of nuances that these guys have been around and done it and know that, you know, you're, you're trying to learn. Yeah. And he brings it, he, from him being with star and Swanee and then Alden's and, uh, He's really brought like a mix between, I feel like Alden's and Swanee's, mm-hmm. and also too, um, he, I've I've been asking for a bigger workload lately, just because I want to be a little bit more stronger for the for the next coming year. So, recovery is the biggest thing, and he and he says like, hey, if you wake up one morning and uh you don't feel good, or you wake up and your heart rate is like twenty beats higher, tell me and we'll uh we'll mellow it out. But uh, it's honestly, man, it's it's been super fun. Like I wake up in the morning and I pop up around seven, get uh get my warm up in, go ride my dirt bike, and then come home and do some gym work or cycle. And uh, it's also fun too having my dad doing it with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it alone. Yeah, definitely. So it's really uh it's fun, man. It's it's really fun. Yeah, you might have to tell your dad next go around because I. Heard on one of the podcasts, he said he was doing the same program as you and maybe smoked himself a little bit before Loretta's. Maybe next time he's got to get on the, you know, the B program. Uh, us older folks can't have the the workload of a, you know, 16 or 17 year old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 47 year old man can't yeah. take the heat. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, hey, when, uh, obviously, like, so, you know, looking back at some of your results, and like you mentioned, you went to Loretta's in 2020 and, and really the C class, um, you know, you got, I think you got fourth in 250C junior and seventh and 125C. And then fast forward, you know, barely a couple of years later, you, you know, you got a podium um, on the, you got a podium and a two top fives and a podium in the 250B class this year. When do you think like your breakout started where, I mean, you realize like you just gained speed quickly and you were just making big strides. Cause that's to get from where you were in the C class to, you know, podium a 250B class, which more than likely is one of the fastest classes in at the ranch. So like, what do you think that all started to click and come together? And like, you really feel like, man, that like, uh, you know, you're progressing. To be honest, man, like I, 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 so I'll, rewind a little bit back in October writing with Carson Mumford I was writing futures getting ready for futures and uh, I ended up breaking a bone in my hand and I had surgery and I didn't ride for probably like a month and then after I got back on my bike I uh I really worked hard with uh Buddy Antonez and then I give honestly I give a bunch of props to Liam when uh, Liam trains with Buddy and we live 10 15 minutes from each other so we hate we he's one of like my best friends and uh he pushed me every day like i can't tell you how many times i came to the track and i got i got my butt beat every day <laughs> by liam so i i give a bunch of my props to liam he really helped me this past off season just pushing me and getting me out of my comfort zone because that's where i really struggled with when racing is uh I rode too much in my comfort zone mm-hmm. instead of just riding out of my comfort zone. Like, literally, I'm not even kidding. Top top five kids in B class are sending it. Oh yeah, and and in order to run up with them, you have to you have to send it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I honestly just, I wasn't comfortable doing that. So when I started training with Buddy at the beginning of the year, uh, riding with Liam really helped me. And then fast forward to uh spring nationals um i was feeling really good on the bike and uh i still i wasn't on trail training then um so i was still to be honest like i was still kind of out of shape and everything and uh went to texas and i ended up getting a third and i wanted a third 250b or 450b and that is i feel like that's really when i had my i started to notice like that I was getting better was uh Texas running top five, which I honestly have never done before mm-hmm. ever. So that was like a wake up call going, Oh crap, like I I can be one of the guys this year or at least be a top five kid. And uh that's when right after Texas I started working with John and Alex and then uh leading up to uh Cal Classic, I ended up winning 450B and 250B at Cal Classic. And then that was like another wake up call. Like, holy crap. Like, I just, and to be honest, those are my first ever two titles. I've okay. never won a title or, or anything like that before, let alone Texas. I've never been to Texas and I got a third. So that those two races right there was like, wow. All right. Well, let's, let's go to Loretta's and see if we can get a podium. And that was really my main goal was to just be a top five kid and podium and hopefully get a podium at the end of the week. And uh, coming in, I, I felt super confident. I felt strong on the bike. Um, 
and then the whole week throughout Loretta's like they say Monday practice is probably the most gnarliest like the gnarliest track you'll ever ride which I totally agree it's literally it's like riding a GNCC is what it's like <laughs> there's ruts I'm telling you right now Brent I have never seen a track with so many ruts literally going down a straightaway coming into a turn you would have bumps and then a huge like just wall like I'm not even kidding you this thing was probably like a two like a two foot wall and and then bumps right after it so I was like holy crap I'm freaking out I'm like I just sucked like I I just saw like some kids that I usually beat mm-hmm. go by me in practice and I'm like I'm I'm telling my dad like I don't know man like I'm I'm getting scared <laughs> I had Mike we parked next to Mike Brown and Brownie was calming me down he's like dude you're fine like I feel the same way and then uh yeah no throughout the week it was uh Tuesday I had a moto at three o'clock I ended up uh I was actually running second for a long time and then I fell and then uh was in fifth and then finished in fifth mm-hmm. in uh first moto and I was like holy crap I throughout um i went to loretta's in 2022 mm-hmm. in 250b and schoolboy too and i never finished in the top 10 once and yeah i just finished that. in the, finished in the top five so i was like holy crap and then wednesday uh same thing i was running i was running i want to if you watch the race there was like a four guy battle and i was in the battle for a little bit and then I ended up falling again, just tucking the front, pushing too hard. And then uh, I think I was in like 16th and I worked my way back in the ninth or no, seventh, sorry. Worked my way back in the seventh, got seventh. And then that's when the rain came on oh, Thursday. Yeah, that was yeah. And then I had two motos where it really just screwed my overall overall scores. Yeah. I, the one moto, like I thought practice day was bad. I <laughs> same thing. Ruts were everywhere. There were ruts everywhere. And like I came back, I I'm pretty sure I fell like six times. And like I just physically did not know how to ride that. I just didn't know how to ride it. And I came mm-hmm. back to the truck and I have like this just pale face. Like I just look like I just saw a ghost. And my dad's like, What happened? I'm like, Damn, be honest, I did not know how to ride that. <laughs> I just did not know how to ride it. And then the next day, um, actually no, I think I got like a twenty eighth in that moto, so my week was done in that class. And then the next moto, um, same thing, brained again. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, dude. Same thing. I uh, I actually didn't. I got an okay start. And then uh, was past. I was actually in seventh. And then I crashed. And I ended up endowing my brains out over a breaking bump. So then there was that moto too. I think I got like it. 11th or 12th or something in that moto which was no good and then to be honest i was like it rained again just kept raining actually been on my dad so my dad raced that morning Mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. at 10 o'clock and these dark clouds just came over i've never seen such dark clouds before in my life and they came so fast and all of a sudden it just starts pissing down rain (laughs) and me and my dad are like holy crap dude so my dad did this freaking slip and slide mud moto that actually didn't look that bad and i was like gosh dang it dude like i was hoping for no rain you know mm-hmm. i know right? i can go back go back to uh how it was on tuesday or wednesday and i was like gosh dang it and then once my honestly they on they were they were talking about canceling the whole entire like the rest of the week just because 
they didn't know how how many races they were going to get through. So I honestly, I was like, gosh, I hope they freaking cancel it because I really did not want to. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with everyone. I did not want to ride in the mud. I well, we're, in the mud. we're Cali boys, so we don't really do a lot of mud and ruts, right? But... No, exactly. And if it does rain, we ride in the desert out here where it's sandy and yep. there's nothing like that. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up getting a third in the mud, which I was I was on an all-time high right there. Mm-hmm. Coming from a kid from C-Class, from not getting inside the top 10 the year prior, and then this year getting a podium, top fives, I, I felt like was really a, a really solid year for me. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, regardless of the overall finishes, right, you had some bad motos, the weather and wrecking, but to get that podium... You know, in your last moto in 250B, coming from where you did like a couple of years prior in the C class and not really taking it serious to now, you're running up there with those factory supported kids and getting on a podium that had to be a, a pretty surreal and a and a cool feeling and knowing that all the hard work that you put in came to fruition. Oh, it was, I, I started crying with my mom because I put in so much hard work before Loretta's. And then I, to be honest, I had, when I had those two bad motos, I was, I like, I was going to bed at night thinking to myself, like, was that just a fluke? Was that, was that really not me? And then to come out the next, the very last day. And also too, I, I believe I led some laps. I think I led like three laps in the moto and then I fell. But, um, it was, it was surreal, man. It was, it was a very, uh, cherishable moment right there. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you've had a, a quick progression to where you're at now and and i bet you don't feel burnout at all right you see think about some of the kids you're racing against they've been doing it i mean you've been riding for a long time right not really seriously but some of these kids have been racing since around 50 65 taking it seriously and all the amateur nationals and you kind of pop in a couple of years ago just to try it out and you're kind of just in the the front end of taking it serious do you feel like you're maybe more hungry and fresh because you really haven't done it for very long and compared to some of these guys have been doing it for, you know, 12, 10 to 12 years, um, taking it the way you are now. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I, I me and my dad did my mechanic talk about a lot is I feel like that's where I have the upper advantage on kids where, um, I feel like that's why you see so many kids get burnt out. Like LeBlanc, for example. Yeah. Um, great example, great writer, um, good kid and everything, but just did it for so long and injuries and everything um just kind of it it kills you you know so i think uh yeah it that honestly it helps a lot especially with my dad like saying hey like if you really don't want to do it like it's okay and not pushing me like some of the other kids dads um has really helped a lot yeah and there's no you know there's no blueprint or blue book on how it has to be done you know you see guys like jay coop and kitchen you know they were a little older when they turned pro and um, you know, if you have plenty of years, you know, 17, you have time to get to that level if that's where you want to be, you know, I mean, obviously some kids start really early and turn pro 16, 17, but it doesn't always have to be that way. And you see how some of these guys that turn pro later, it works out fine. So you, again, our sport's so unique that there's not a certain way you have to do it to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. If there was, if, like you said, if there was a blueprint for how to be successful in motocross, you'd see way more successful people than there is nowadays. And um, I think that's one thing that like kids don't really realize is like, you don't have to live at training facilities. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to uh, 
you don't have to do the whole deal like some of the kids are where they're living where mom and dad are living in a motorhome at whatever training facility it is and you know dad's working six days mom mm-hmm. doesn't practice back with you i just i feel like that's how another reason why kids get so burnt out is just because they don't have a normal a normal life and kids go homeschooled when they're like what for prime example when i went to game moto uh before loretta's for like a couple weeks there there's kids that have been there set for like six months and without mom and dad or anything, and one kid just living in the motorhome, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I'd be able to do that, just because like I feel like I'd get so burnt out, yeah. And just riding the same track every day, and I uh, just I feel like that's where parents kind of kind of kill their kid as they push them to go to these training facilities and everything, which is good in a way, mm-hmm. but I feel like living there full time is not the way to do it. Yeah. And it puts a lot of pressure on the kid. And, you know, you start at a young age and you're without your, your parents. And I mean, it's really is your life, which I mean, it has to be at a certain point if you want to get to that level, but I, it's just crazy how this, how it's evolved over the years where think about when your dad was coming up, you know, everybody just rode and you turn pro, but nowadays, you know, most of the people are going to these facilities. They've been there for years. They're living away from their, their family at such a young age. It's, 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 it's wild. It's crazy how it's, how it's evolved, but again, it's not the only way um, that it that it works. So it's it's cool to see that. I feel like you guys have a pretty cool family atmosphere. Obviously, you, you know you, your whole family loves moto, and it's just got to be a pretty cool family atmosphere over there. Yeah, it's super cool, and you know we can get away from it and everything. We can have family vacations, which is nice. And uh, I feel bad for my dad though, just because. <laughs> You know, that that's his job and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm over here on the week going, hey, like, I got to ride. And I think that's another reason why my dad gets so burnt out just because he's, he's constantly 24-7 mm-hmm. in it. But um, I just listened to Adam Cienciarello's podcast the other day. And like you said, like, it puts so much pressure on these kids to go to training facilities. And Adam said it um, to T the other day. And listen, he did a podcast with Gypsy. Mm-hmm. And he said he, he felt so much pressure just because his parents were paying so much for him to go to Alden's and to do all this and signing with pro circuit at the age of 13 has got to weigh you down at some point and knowing you got to perform at your best every time and win because you're, everyone's doing so much for you. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy when you think he came in. I mean, I remember his rookie year, he was the little dude. You know, he was training at Alden, I think, 16 when he was first signed on Pro Circuit. And you now you look at him, he's one of the taller guys in the class and you know, his 450 class. And so when he turned pro, I mean, he wasn't even fully developed yet. So you just wonder, like, again, not all programs are one size fits all. And I think he realized that, you know, and, um, you know, you got to give your, your body and your mind time to develop where, you know, you can't just jump into something like those crazy training programs at such a young age. I mean, it could work for some, but. It's probably few and far in between. Yeah, and that and that's another person that uh, another pro rider I'd say that I kind of look up to is is Adam, just because of like how how smart he is with everything and how mm-hmm. how black and white he is with saying you know some of these kids get burnt out because of this and this, and he even admits he's like I was burnt out at the age of sixteen mm-hmm. because of everything that I've been doing. So I think that that's another. Um, good person for our industry is another guy like Adam where uh, I feel like the industry is kind of like um, 
I would say smoke and mirrors because you have all these guys that kind of hide everything and all that where Adam is like, just puts it out there and says, yeah, and you know, like, here's like how I felt and doesn't sugarcoat it in any way. Yeah, I agree. And it's cool to watch when he had those vlogs. I know he had a vlog for his the last round and, uh, you know, he's got that new podcast going, but he's always transparent and he's always a, you know, a good interview. And he also, he, he, he doesn't sugarcoat it. Like you said, he, you know, he tells it how it is and tr- the dude's had a lot of injuries and he still doesn't make excuses. And, um, I think it's, I think he's definitely so on that, you know, for you guys coming up that you can, you know, cause he had all the pressure and, and all of the support and all the promise of the future. Right. And so, um, I mean, he's obviously still a good writer and has a career going still, but, um, you know, I can imagine the type of pressure that guy was under. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It's, I, I couldn't even imagine signing with pro circuit at the age of 13 and, and doing all the things that he did yeah i i don't think i'd be able to take it to be honest with you agreed well hey what's the so you know you finished loretta's i know you i was looking to see if you raced mammoth looks like you didn't go up there which you which probably was nice you avoided another mud race but uh what are your plans for uh the rest of 2023 um as of right now it's kind of in the air um i just started riding supercross again uh, maybe going to do the call the futures Coliseum race, like the all-star race. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of in the air right now. I'm not really a hundred percent sure, but the rest of the year, I'm probably going to do the uh, fall classics at Glen Helen in October. I want to, I want to say it is October and then, uh, AZ open in the first weekend of December. And then after that, probably start riding supercross again with, uh, Mumford and start getting ready for futures. Yeah, so in twenty twenty four, are you gonna jump? You're gonna jump into Supercross futures, and and how how has your experience on Supercross gone so far? Has it been something that's totally different than what you're used to riding, or has it been pretty fun and challenging at the same time? Um, so rewind back to last year when I rode with Carson, <laughs> I uh, I have never rode a Supercross track in my entire life, ever. <laughs> so it was a uh, it was a big learning curve. Carson has this whoop track at his house that we were riding for a solid three weeks before his tracks were finished. And man, he hammered me on that thing just because I had no idea how to hit whoops, but he helped me. And then uh, same with my dad. My dad and Carson really helped me with the whoops and everything. I, I still suck to in them though. So that's going to be a big learning curve for me. But um, I think I think it's pretty fun. I uh, Once I get everything down and I get more comfortable on it, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And it's something different, right? And what's crazy about it to think about it, you know, your whole life and even now you grow up, you're racing motocross and then obviously supercross is probably the most important aspect of our sport. And so to expect kids to be really good at that, where they really, you know, there's more opportunity out to ride it, but it's still not something you've done your whole life. So it's, it's a challenge and also something that if you excel at, you know, could, benefit you in your career yeah i think i think it's super cool what they're doing with the uh the whole futures thing plus the combine Mm -hmm. and uh it really it really break uh kind of connects the gap between amateur motocross and professional motocross like everyone else says um it's a big jump to go as an amateur to pro ranks so i think i think it's super cool what they're doing Agreed. And you think back when your dad turned pro, there was no combines or futures. It's like, well, we're going to line up for A1 today. So it's cool that they have these programs in place to get you guys 
you know, on supercross tracks, on the national tracks that the pros are racing through the combines and just to get a feel for, you know, the whole program and, and how the tracks are. So for 24 so supercross futures, are you going to do any of the combines? How does, are you looking at Loretta's again? And if you are doing Loretta's, is it, do you gonna, are you still staying B class? Are you going A? What does that look like? Are you unsure yet? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm staying B class again next year, uh, just because of my age. I'm still <laughs> AMA 16. Um, so yeah, I'll do futures, uh, Texas, um, maybe Mammoth next year. Uh, maybe depends, honestly. Uh, Loretta's basically all the big amateur races and then maybe some local races here and there, some swap motor races. So, uh, yeah, I, I was a little bummed this year. I didn't go to Mammoth, but after I saw the mud, I was still kind of iffy about it, but I love racing <laughs> and, uh, I still, I still would have had a good time no matter what. So that's my, uh, that's my plan for next year. Yeah, it was crazy. I was there the weekend before on the, on the vet weekend and the weather was perfect. And I had some friends that went up for the, you know, the big bike weekend. And I was, you don't rare, I know they had to push back the race because of the weather in the summer and the blood, you know, the snow and stuff. And, but I don't really remember a muddy mammoth motocross. So you might've, yeah, it would be cool to go, but you probably, you know, hindsight's like, yeah, maybe wasn't so bad missing it. Yeah, maybe wasn't so bad, but then you can say like, oh, I had a mud race at Mammoth, <laughs> and then little young bucks later on in the generation go, it never rains a Mammoth. What are you talking about? So you can kind of brag on them a little bit. <laughs> I know, I agree. Well, hey man, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us today. I, you know, I think your story is cool, and you know, just be having a whole moto family. You know, your dad does that testing thing. I. I still shoot him some emails on my questions about suspension on my Yamaha 450. And he's, it, it's cool. He gets back to people pretty quickly. So we appreciate him out there. And I think it's cool to see you coming up in the progression you've made over the years so quickly. And, you know, I think if you stay on the right path that, you know, you'll be where you, where you ultimately want to be. So we appreciate you hopping on today. Before we let you go, are there, you know, I want to give you a, a time to give you, a, give you a shout out to all the sponsors that make it happen for you. Yeah, man. Um, one big per uh to start it off, one big person I'd really like to thank is uh is Jamie and his wife from Twisted. Um, they've they've dumped so much money into me these past two years. It's honestly like it's insane. Um, Jamie's such a good guy, and he's built my engines now for two years, and then he built me a Honda back in C class days, and that thing was insane. But no, he's been a super super big help to my program these past two years uh i like to thank ryan holiday for uh this next year he's given me a bunch of support which i'm very appreciative of um all the guys over at fxr andy mill carson uh for keeping me looking good always uh bob and all those guys over at 60 for helping uh john knowles at scott uh alpine stars my mechanic eddie Man, he he busts his butt for me. He was actually just here like ten minutes ago, swapping suspension out for me to get ready to ride tomorrow. So uh, if you if y'all heard some squeaking in the background, that was that was big man Ed, uh, my mom and dad for, man they've they've done so much for me and I'm very I'm greatly appreciative of them and I honestly would not be in, in the position that I am nowadays without them. Uh, my grandma, my grandpa for uh, before. I was I was getting bikes from Cali. My grand uh, my grandpa was buying me bikes, and um, 
he's uh he's currently going through cancer right now so he's uh he's a big part of my uh my program and uh yeah that's uh pro circuit um Renthal, Paul Parabinos. Um that's really that's really it man that's those are the people that uh that helped me get to the races yeah that's cool you know obviously you've put in the work and your results speak for themselves so that's cool to see you you know getting some support from kawasaki and um you know you're doing it on your own and you know you're putting in the work to get you where you want to be so it's really cool to see and yeah man good luck for the rest of the 2023 and it'll be cool to see you you know in 24 uh right in the supercross futures Thank you. And then uh, also to one more that I forgot. I'm an a-hole. I'm sorry. Um, Mike from Monster uh, Shackoff was actually my very first sponsor, actually, um, back in 22. So he was, Monster's been my first sponsor, which is actually super sick. So thank you, Mike. And then, uh, yeah, man, thank you for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. It's been fun. Uh, to be honest, this is actually one of the, the funner podcasts I've actually done. So thank you. Cool. Yeah, we try to keep it light and fun. So. You know, we appreciate it. And yeah, man, good luck for the rest of the year. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.